Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our, our good friend, coach, mentor, tour mentor, uh, John Opelouski. John, how are you doing today? You're faring okay in all this uh, health stuff? Yeah, so far so good, Jim. Uh, good to see you uh, this afternoon. Good to be with you and excited about our subject today. Yeah, again, our listeners may notice there's a little bit of a difference in the normal sound quality. Usually we're in a recording studio with microphones and computers and an engineer. Today it's you, me, and a Zoom app trying to figure right. this out from uh, about 50 miles apart from each other. So we hope that our engineers be able to clean this up and make it just as good as possible. But in the meantime, we're just so glad that you're here. So turn it up, pull up a cup of coffee, and, and let's talk about this. John, today, you told us last week we are going to talk about the COVID-19 crisis and really, you know, how to, how to care for ourselves, how to care for others during this time, and I am anxious to hear your thoughts. So, Jim, we're uh, about two months into a season we've never seen in our lifetimes. Uh, the impact, the fallout, the stress of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, I've waited to speak out on it because sometimes I think, and I, I'm curious what you think about this, Jim. Sometimes I think in the heat of the moment, we want to be rushed to put a faith spin on something or we, we rush to put an end of the world you know, spin yeah. on something. And, and I think we can jump to conclusions and speak up without doing enough reflecting first. What do you think about just that thought. Yeah, I, I think God created philosophers and poets for just this reason. And he created uh, presidents and kings for the other one. I, I think sometimes people have to make decisions now. Yeah. Complete information and sound confident as they speak about stuff they know nothing about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think others have to sit back and say, what are we learning about ourselves? What are we learning about society or in this case, the church or leadership? So I'm, I'm grateful for both avenues. But yeah, if, yeah. if there's been any mistakes made, it's been we spoke too, too much in one direction or the other, right? It was the end of the world. It's no big deal. And frankly, as a leader, I think I've spoken both directions by now. If you listen to different content I've done, uh, things I've written, people I spoke to, interviews like this, I started off much more casual about the whole thing than I am now because it's, as it's gotten yeah. closer, the numbers have gotten larger and it's not a Chinese problem anymore. It's it's do I go to the Chinese buffet for lunch today or don't I, mm -hmm. I really come home? So I, I'm grateful, though, for the people that can lean back and reflect. I, I speak because I love the sound of my own voice. You speak because you have something to say. So I'm, I'm excited to hear. I'm not so sure about that, but I'll take that. <laughs> well, so I, I'm thinking, Jim, there's four things that have really hit home with me yeah. over the last month or two. And, and so I'd like to just list some of those and talk about each one and wrap, just wrap about it with you. Right. Um, here's the first one that was imprinted on me pretty early in this whole uh, scenario. And that is God is not limited by venue. Yeah. Um, his workings are not confined to a building. Uh, and, and I've heard us say that <laughs> as leaders for decades. Wait, the church is not a building. Who, who, who invented that? I didn't know that was such a deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, but we're actually being forced to live that way. Right. And, and so I'm hearing stories of people being healed, yeah. coming to Jesus, 
uh, seeing breakthroughs in their lives online. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's just amazing, you know, that God is not, he's not limited uh, by a physical building. His, his repertoire goes way beyond the four walls. And, and we see that happening now. And it's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, to me. I think that's one of the takeaways. You know, it's funny, John, because I think we, we, kind of, we kind of always knew that, right? Because Billy Graham's greatest success was not in the stadium. It was on the television, on the radio. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we knew that the anointing really worked through. I, if, if, the, if the written word can be anointed as we read it thousands of years later, then certainly a pastor, uh, you know, a, an evangelist, somebody can teach through any medium, right? And the anointing will be on the other side of that medium because it's God that's omnipresent doing the work. But I don't think, I don't think we would have adopted it as wholeheartedly ever without the need to adopt it wholeheartedly. It really is the only thing we have left, uh, maybe other than writing, but who who has the attention span to read lengthy thoughts anymore. So we've been forced into this and I, and it is proving the hypothesis that we, we really can be effective in other ways besides standing on a platform behind a pulpit on Sunday morning. Right. Yeah. Right. And I hope we, and I hope when things get back to whatever normal looks like, Jim, that we don't lose sight of that. Yeah. Yeah. God, I, God works. He can use any instrument anywhere, anytime. Yeah. To get his purposes done. And delights in doing it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Good. So I, I've got that one. I think I think that one rings home with me. What's some other ones? You said there were four, right? Yeah, here's the, here's the second one. And this was just an observation that we are more creative than we give ourselves credit for. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been absolutely blown away by how our clients and, and, and even leaders who aren't our clients have responded to being forced way outside of the box. Yeah. Um, They've been so creative, Jim, so energetic. Uh, many of them are just great faith-filled guys. Now, that doesn't mean they're not having moments of anxiety, um, but it's just been so awesome to watch it. You know, the, uh, I, we have churches who are our clients who never live stream in their life, <laughs> set up live stream within 24 hours or something. Right, I mean, right. and, and online giving and small yeah, groups and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the use of uh, video and YouTube and drive-in church, daily daily video chats. I've loved that. I actually attended an online prayer meeting yesterday morning, and it helped me so much, Jim. It was so awesome. So it's just cool to see the creative genius of God being displayed through this COVID-19 crisis. It's just it's. To me, it's been spectacular. I don't know. What Can I share one story about that? Sure. So we we uh, we tried to jump on that drive-in movie thing. We were going to actually do drive-in movies. Like our children's ministry was going to do cars, but you know, just before we started the movie, our children's pastor would come out, do a short devotional with an altar call or an invitation for families, and then the young adults were going to do Nacho Libre, and then they're going to partner with a local Mexican restaurant. You know, they would do carry out uh, just to kind of keep our local businesses. But the first thing we did was a worship night and people we had, we had the, the ball field was completely packed with people in their cars as we projected onto the side of the building and got an FM transmitter like you would at a drive-in movie theater. And people turned up the music to whatever volume they wanted. They stayed in their cars according to the law at the time. We're forbidden from doing that now. Uh, it was the very next day. As a matter of fact, the governor said no more. Just stay in your homes. But as soon as that gets lifted, we are doing that again. We are going to. That was so much fun. 
just to see people, just, just to see people see people was important. But something different. It wasn't, it wasn't rebellion, but it was creativity. Like we, we know that the only way to do this is through some new means. And then we figured out the new means and we did it and it was a blast. And uh, I can't wait to do it again as soon as this lifts. It's such a cool story. And, and it's, Jim, it's just been so neat to watch the daily encouragement online uh, to people. And, and my hope is that when we uh, get back to being able to uh, meet together in large public gatherings, um, and maybe we even get back to dealing with more of our normal leadership activities yeah. that will take along with us some of this ongoing encouraging. You know, the thought, Jim, that really has stood out to me is we have the opportunity to encourage people more than one time a week. Yeah. And I think we've, yeah. we've seen that now. And I, and I don't want us, I don't want our leaders to lose that, to I, lose that creative that, you say that, that creative juice. I'm, I'm teaching a five-day class right now. It's 30 minutes. It's a Facebook Live event, so people can type in questions and comments. But for 30 minutes, Monday through Friday this week, I'm teaching on how to study my Bible in the, in the privacy of my own home. How can I be, become, you know, with the help of the Holy Spirit, my own teacher of Scripture, develop my own yoke to carry doctrine, develop what I believe so I can stand on it, topical Bible studies, how to use uh, biblical research tools. And, and what I would have taught as a class before that maybe half a dozen people would have shown up to, 60, 70, 80 people are showing up this thing online because this has created a need for fellowship. It's created a need for, you know, we can't be together so I can teach the Bible, but I, if I can teach you how to read your Bible and understand it, mm. and I'm, I'm teaching you how to fish. So people might be concerned about my job security. If I teach them how to read the Bible, then what's my job? It's like to disciple people. That's, that's what it is. It's what it's always been. Yeah. So I, I, this has been, I, I, I mean, don't tell anybody. I know this is just you and me talking and nobody's listening, but I'm having the time of my life right now because all the meetings, all the three time a week, all the, it's gone. It's people, it's the Bible, it's prayer, it's meeting needs. It's new every morning. I wake up every day excited in a way that I really have not been it's been great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I've been, you know, deluge, but I, the freedom to create the new way of doing things and helping others do it has been a joy. So I'm, I have the same concerns everybody else does, but I have a blessing that I, I'm getting, I'm pioneering. Like that's our theme this year. <laughs> Believe it or not, as of last November, we set this for January 1st. Pioneer again. That was, that was our theme. So we had no idea it was prophetic in the way that it yep. is. We are pioneering all over again. And it's, it's been great. So, John, one of the things I know that people are going to be concerned with is, you know, that's great. We're doing Facebook and stuff. But if people aren't in the building and people don't have jobs, what's going to happen? You know, I mean, one thing, one of the greatest stresses I'm feeling right now is I'm watching the income uh, adjust dramatically week by sure. week. And if you project it, we're, we're at zero giving in six weeks. I know it's not true, but if you project it, you know, if you watch yeah. where it's going, if trends continue, which they won't, but they'll they'll level out at some place in a very different place. How do you deal with the stress of, of your mortgage payments and, yeah. you know, staff and all that? So there's a, I mean, there's, so that kind of leads us into the third takeaway here, Jim, the third lesson that I'm learning is that, and this is an old lesson that I'm relearning all yeah. over again. And that is God is my source. God is our source. Yeah. Not the company we lead, not the church we serve not our stock portfolio, yeah. not our bank account. Um, 
you know, in, in economically good times, that is way too easy to forget. Right. Yeah. This is way too easy to forget. And I, and I, and I lose, and I don't do it on purpose, Jim. It happens without me knowing it is there's this shift and I begin to lean on, uh, here's the projected revenue streams. Here's all the things we're doing to bring uh, revenue in. Here's the giving trends. And, and, and we begin to lose sight that when it's all said and done, he's our source. He's our, he's our provider. Um, should we uh, take advantage of things that are offered to us to address? Absolutely. There's some things going on right now with the federal government that could be very helpful to churches. Yeah. Um, and we don't have time to unpack that today. But I'm not saying we don't look at practical ways to address the, the declining trend in, in our income. But, but, man, I think if anything has been, been loud and clear to me, Jim, it's, it's this, that it's God who gives me the ability. He gives me the health. He gives me the ingenuity. And he gives me the opportunity to produce income. Yeah. I don't, I don't bring those four elements to the table. Those are gifts that God gives me. And remembering that can be absolutely hard to do, especially when times are financially prosperous. Right. That's funny that I guess that there's a scripture in Proverbs where the, the writer is saying, don't give me too much because I'll forget you. Don't give me mm-hmm. too little because I might steal. And in yeah. so doing, I'll, I'll disgrace you. Just give me enough. And, I, yeah. that, and Paul talks about the secret of contentment. Whether I have a bunch or I have very little, you know, I've learned the secret of being content in every situation. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. He's not talking right. about lifting weight or an impossible schedule or you know, fixing a problem. He's really talking about there's a contentment that makes me okay no matter what the world around me is doing. That's, right. that's for and all of us. Do you think that, that part of that contentment, Jim, is Paul knew that in times of blessing, in times of abundance, that really God was at the center of that. God was at the source of that. And, yeah. and, and so it's, I just feel like this third one is something I hope we will carry forward uh, as uh, times get back to a little bit more normalcy that we won't forget. Yeah. No, I agree completely. I, I don't know how this ends, and, I, and I, that's not really bothering me because I trust the Lord, but I don't know when this ends. That's the part yeah. that bothers me. I, yeah. you know, I, I want Every time there's good news, it seems like my mood wants to go up with it. Every time there's mm-hmm. bad news, it seems like my mood wants to go down with it. And, right. and then you figure whenever things do get back to whatever normal is, how long does it take before people catch up on bills and get back to a, a, a sustained generosity, a secure generosity and it, it is troubling to consider, but I, I also, I'm sure you can see this too, and our listeners can attest to this. We're seeing some of the greatest acts of generosity yes. in the midst of this. Like God is moving through people. We had a couple, um, he's just short of his 89th birthday, and they qualify for that $1,200 CARES Act you know, thing. And they, they sent a, a text message to my wife and I the other night saying, just so you know, as soon as we get those checks, we're forwarding them straight to the church. So $2,400 from two people that their combined age is, you know, 170, you know, are, are, are giving their government stimulus check to the church. And we've had three people now say that, that we are, our intention is when this comes in, we want to give it directly to the church because yeah. we want there to be a church when this is all over with. And that's, that's, a, that's an emotionally moving moment as a pastor. 
you know, so we're gonna get through this. You said there's four things and we got about three minutes left, John. What's your, what's your other thought? So this fourth one is real important, Jim. Uh, fourth takeaway for me, fourth lesson is we need to care for ourselves in the middle of a crisis. Yeah. Um, somebody has said this, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. And, and bringing a healthier, less anxious, and more aligned version of yourself to the people you're leading and caring for, I think might be the most influential thing you can do mm -hmm. in a crisis. Yeah. You know, if you're strong, if you're calm, if you're uh, uh, confident, uh, that is going to rub off on people. And I'm not talking about falsely calm, falsely confident. I'm talking for, <laughs> for real, yeah. right? Yeah. And, the, and, and Jim, I think the way you do that is by learning how to care for yourself yeah, in right. the middle yeah. of the crisis. There's as in Mark chapter two or chapter four, there's that the storm and the boat and, and Jesus calms it after Peter says, the problem here is not the storm. The problem is you don't care. Don't you care that we're drowning? And Jesus is in the back of the boat sleeping, walks all the way to the front of the boat, which means he passed everybody on the way, stands on the bow and tells the storm to be quiet. Peace be still, turns around and says, and he explains it. The problem is not that you're in a storm. The problem is that the storm is in you and that, and that I'm not. You know, why do you still have such little faith? You still, yeah. after all we've been through, all the demons I cast, all the healings, all the miracles, all the raising the dead, you still don't trust me, guys. That, that is the bigger problem than the storm. And I, I think that's true here for us to continue to, to take care of ourselves in this, in this measure of faith. It's huge. The exercise, like saying prayer, exercise, nutrition, just making yeah. sure we take good care of us. Because if we come out shaky or even sick, God forbid, we're projecting a, perhaps a lack of care. I'm not saying if you get the COVID virus, that's because you didn't have the right schedule. But I'm saying that, of course. that certainly there, there's more than one way to be sick and we need to care for ourselves. Yeah. And so I had three quick thoughts on that, Jim. I know we're running, uh, we're running close to our time. Yeah. Uh, one, if I could encourage you who are listening, make time, make room for meaningful connection with God every day. Every day. Whatever that looks like. Uh, don't skimp there. Crisis can drive you closer or it can drive you away. Yeah. I encourage you to choose closer. Right. Um, take care of your body. Um, you know, act, make sure, Laura and I, the gym's closed, Jim. So yeah. uh, we're out walking uh, when we can. I'm uh, doing push-ups in, in the house. I've got the, I've got a big Costco-sized jug of wash detergent and i'm using that for my dumbbells <laughs> i'm getting really creative yeah but, but exercise watch what you eat and what you put in your body it's so easy to default to ice cream and, and all the things that aren't good for you and then and i'm encouraging my my client uh make sure you're so make room for time with god every day take care of your body and, and to the best of your ability nurture your friendships. Yeah. Now it's different, right? I, we're nurturing friendships over FaceTime or the phone or, or Zoom. Um, we need our vertical relationship with God, but boy, do we need the horizontal relationships with people. Yeah. And, and Jim, honestly, I think this has been the thing that's been the hardest for me hmm. is I feel like, um, well, while I, I, I certainly like talking to my friends on the phone, um, I miss that physical 
face-to-face yeah. -face connection with them. And so I'm, I'm using methodologies, I'm using means that are other than that. But life's so much better when we do it with people. And uh, so under that heading, this fourth thing of taking care of ourselves, those are the three like sub bullets or sub points under that. You know, one of the things I've done, John, if it helps or, or not, but I, instead of texting people, the least, you know, personal way to communicate mm. instead of just calling them uh, because everybody's schedules are so open nowadays. I'm, I'm not nearly as afraid as I used to be of interrupting yeah. somebody's meeting or bothering them. I just do a FaceTime call. Like it, it's, I want to see their face. I want to see eyebrows and smiles and dimples and teeth. I, I want to see it. And I, I, it was funny as no one said, why are you FaceTiming me? They, they answer. And hey, yeah. how's it going? Hey, good to see you. In a way that if we texted each other, we'd have never had that emotional connection. It just would have been an informational transfer. So That's right. speaking of friendship, I think we're heading that direction on our next podcast. Yeah, we are. Uh, Jim, in pod 31, I'd like to talk about uh, the subject of leadership and friendship are the two compatible. <laughs> and so I want to talk about that. Uh, you know, is it possible to have close friends as a leader? And uh, so we'll explore that question in our next podcast. Exciting. Well, John, thank you as always. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to press the like button, share it with your friends, put it on your social media. The more people we can help with this free wisdom, um, man, the, the better. So we love you guys. We're praying for you. Always a phone call away, always an, uh, an email, a text message, a FaceTime call away. And we look forward to talking to you again soon on the next episode, episode number 31. Have a great day. Oh,